0: Everyone always wants to be responsible. But what is responsible? Are you being responsible for a second time? Ooh, I wish I'd thought of that in my old stand up days. So what is the deal with dog biscuits? They're not made out of dogs and they're not biscuits. They are biscuits and they're for dogs. Oh, then I guess my next 20 minutes aren't going to make any sense. <laughs> Everybody. The Night Fly with Dave Joskau, the podcast you love. On a hot August night, as Neil Diamond
1: would say. Probably should have played some Neil Diamond. Maybe a song called Hot August Night. But I didn't. Start with our usual, lately, the beautiful cars, Rick O'Kasich. And that's why uh, we're here to talk about something about that today as well, because my guest today is Mrs. Pilot's favorite daughter. <laughs> Jessica Pilot everybody. Hey now. Hi Jess. Hey. Hello. Pull the mic closer to you.
2: Okay, how's Pull it that? closer
1: to you. And yeah. I'm only saying it because my last guest I had last week he just I he was like talking on the side of the mic. I don't understand how people don't know how to talk into microphones. I understand kind of if you're not like an actor, you're not a comedian, but I've seen comedians they don't seem to know how to talk on the microphone either. It seems so obvious.
2: Seems so obvious. Hello. Hello. It seems obvious.
1: Hello. What is obvious? We're talking to the microphone you just said there, you're talking to the goddamn microphone. What's happening? Well, you look very beautiful today. Oh, thank you. As always, you know, you're one of the best dressed women I know.
2: In comedy? No, I'm just kidding.
1: I didn't say in comedy. I said that I know. I mean, you really are, you really go the extra mile to make yourself look good. And not just for boys or for anything. You dress up to make yourself look like, hey... I like to be dressed up when I go outside of the house.
2: Hey, showbiz.
1: Well, maybe there's something to that, but see, I'd like to try and do that. I talk about this sometimes. I've been trying to dress a little nicer with my build. It's not as easy as I'd like it to be, but what I'm looking for is kind of that devil wears Prada where you can go to work and go right out after work looking exactly the same, which which you do. Exactly. You You are the girls in Devil Wears Prada who go to work and then can go immediately out to any kind of party that it is because you're dressed perfect for anything. That's the idea. I want to live my life like, like that. I like dressing up. It makes
2: me feel better.
1: Well, that makes a lot of sense. That's yeah. why you put so much time and effort into it, too. I, I, if that came out the wrong way, it wasn't meant like that. <laughs> like You have to put a lot of time into it. No, I didn't mean it like that. It just meant... You have an interesting—I uh, mean, you—you know—you don't dress weird or anything. You dress good. You got a good taste. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. But you are an executive. You know, this is Jessica Pilot. She pretty much—you, I could say—you produce the Stephen Colbert show in the no, sense that no. you say you know you book it, but you are producing a segment Scandal. of the show that propels the show in a way that they—you know—it's it, if you put somebody bad on. You you know that you're not producing a good product. So right. I don't there know. There was a
2: rumor um, from that you're going to take over. Like you're going no that I was uh, that I was leaving. That I was done with uh, doing the stand up, and I was so angry. You've
1: started that rumor yourself. You yeah. said you hate stand up in yeah, your tweets.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. I said I'm sick of you. No, no. I think I, I think it's because I have my hands in a lot of pots. Um, I you know I did all the casting for Larry Charles' um, secret Netflix show that's coming out in the fall. Um, I'm, I, I did, um, a lot hey, of, what's the, that secret Netflix show?
3: What is
1: it?
2: It's Larry Charles, um, learning about dangerous comedy and not just, like, <laughs> not I, just I busted like you. It was a secret and I it's fooled so you into secret. telling me what it was. You know, a friend said the other day, <laughs> I asked a friend the other day, I said, can you keep a secret? And she said, um, what's the secret? <laughs> 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 so, so, you know, I, I, have a lot going on outside of, um, booking, and finding well, stand-up for Colbert. And I think some people are like, how can she do that? And it's like, well, because I sleep four hours a night and because I like to do a lot of things and keep it interesting.
1: But you are getting fed up on comedy.
2: I was not getting fed up, but I was feeling... Uh, when uh, you came back from Montreal, you were not having I was having feeling it. a little, um, like... Uh, what's the word? I was feeling... Not overwhelmed, because I can handle anything, but I was feeling uninspired maybe it was oh. maybe it was me and it wasn't the co- it wasn't the comics it was just I was feeling a bit uninspired but um, I went to Jamestown this past weekend for the National Comedy Center <laughs> launch and Jamestown, everyone Jamestown, Jamestown that's Jamestown, in New York New York
1: is that what, what, what's that? The Hall of Fame? The the, Coop- it's like oh, the that's Cooperstown? Of,
2: it's like the Hall of Fame of comedy. It's Ugh, legit. It's a real horrible. museum. I um, so I worked with the with the museum um, before they became a museum, and I helped with a lot of the interviews and. I remember. That. This there, is a real thing. Even Mark Norman and I mean not even Mark. I mean it's just like he's among, what, he's among what? the legends. What what?
1: What? Yeah. Wait, are you? Saying on this podcast officially that you feel that Mark Norman is a comic legend?
2: Well, he is part of... What the uh, hell are you talking he's about? In, he's in the Blue Room. In the Blue Room um, is a section of the museum where we talk about uh, blue comedy. And so he talks about that.
1: I'm s- sorry, but...
2: I, so is Lenny Bruce. Yeah.
1: Okay. I like Mark Norman. His comedy is excellent. And someday, someday, he might be a legend. Are you putting him into the same category as David Tell and Lenny Bruce?
2: Att- Tell wasn't available to do. No, so what are we talking
1: about? You said that he's part of. He's a legend. Well, he's or is in, this what something they call a legends they room did not or something? Call it's, him
2: a legend. It was just the I, blue I'm getting room. Upset. It's the blue room, and he, he was included in some of the interviews in the blue oh, comedy. Oh well, room. The, why did you say legend? Well, he's why is amongst the, word... the legends. He's among the legends because what? he's in a room with legends. I'm just saying it's an honor for him. It's not an honor for our, you know. To be there.
1: Well, who else is in that room? Norton. Jim Norton. Yeah. And who else?
2: Um, that's it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, there's a whole uh, you know, section dedicated to Pryor. How
1: can Mark Norman even be in a room? Jim Norton's twenty years older than him. It might make sense that Jim Norton is in there. Mark Norman's a child. The
2: future. Speaking is that what of, they're saying,
1: that he's going to be around for decades and he's the I think he's all a that? Str- you
2: know, listen, he's a he's a hard-working comic.
1: No, I agree with you 100%, and I think he has a chance to possibly be like a legend, to say but I mean, everyone needs I'm not going to go sit here to and say museum. that when we know somebody like David Tell, that Mark Norman is a living he, legend well, of comedy. Well, here's something
2: that I want to say, is that a lot of people don't realize how hard it is to get comics to want to talk about themselves um, Certain comics do enjoy it, but it was very hard to get Colin and this person. A lot of people to commit. Um, Colin's an angel, and he he obviously did it. But I, without naming names, it was a lar- It was very difficult to get certain comics, um, such as towel, who I would love, don't who was so that. important.
1: You don't even want that guy there. No, but he's so That guy's essential. a complete waste of time. Let me yeah, tell you yeah. something. That guy's the worst.
2: Yeah, yeah. He's your best friend. Yeah,
1: well, I just saw on Sunday, I saw the... Netflix show with him and Jeff.
2: Yeah. The cut? Yeah. And?
1: I went with Dave and Jeff and the director, you ready for this? The the director who directed, what is it, Capturing the Mm Freedmans and The Jinx.
2: Okay, cool.
1: Okay, right? These are pretty good movies that are very, right. And he directed this Netflix special for Jeff and Dave that, um, you know, my listeners know I went down to go to the Village Underground about a month ago. You went, you were there too. Yeah. Um, to, to see the perform. And, it, you know, it's great. Three half-hour episodes. And Dave, now I've told him, I said, do not let David Tell near the editing room or doc or whatever it is because this guy, David Tell, when all is said and done, could possibly be the greatest comic ever. I don't think anybody would argue with that. Years from now, it's possible he could be the greatest comic of all time. For you, sure. Right? Yeah. But as far as anything else is concerned, that guy is a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> he's so he's so crazy, which of course is funny anyway. There
2: should be a documentary he's, about David. I know,
1: and Gnome um, at the Comedy Cellar has uh, brought up doing something like that. But I've told him because he. They always ask me, like, do you think he would do it? And I'm like, absolutely not. No way. Absolutely not. Let alone. What
2: if it was a documentary, but you don't have to include him until maybe the end and just other people talking about it? Well,
1: it's just like what we were talking about if we do the two, my two Daves. Right. And we do that. It would have to be just pretty much my show. And then we just have him there for one day and he comes in at the end. Right. Does a cameo. Yeah. Because he's just, and his editing. So he's telling the director guys, what we need is wipes. We need wipes. And the guy's like, What? Yeah, when he wipes, you know, like from Home Improvement, you know, like the way they do wipes. And the guy's like, what are you talking about?
2: I thought (laughs) you meant like ass wipes.
1: No, he means like wipes, the way you cut from a transition wipe. And and he goes, well, that's what we learned in film school. The guy's like, that was 30 years ago, you fucking idiot. Oh, my
3: God.
1: (laughs) I mean, I'm just busting on him, but it's really funny. He just, he's so, he just, he doesn't understand his genius. He doesn't understand his place in this world. And how much he means to people. So when he when there's when you learn something about it, such so like what you're saying, we all with when it comes to comedy, you want to get inside a, a comic you love. You want to know what makes them tick. Like that's why that they made that Robin Williams documentary, that's why the Gary Shandling one, because we are fascinated with how did it all begin? Where is it coming from, right? Right. And any... Bit you can get from Dave is the, would be great, right? But he just won't give it to you. So, the couple of glimpses we might have seen into his past on this Netflix special, he wants to take out, mm. uh, but Jeff won't let him. Oh, good, thank God. Oh, good. I mean, things where he seems sweet and y- you find out some information and it's great, and he's just, he's just, I.
2: You know what? He has a flip phone that says it all.
1: Yeah, right. It's true. I actually didn't think that was his actual phone, but it really. I guess I should have known.
3: Mm.
1: I don't know. I mean, the guy is. I mean, when you watch that special, you you realize it again. You know, like like we said when we were there, we're like, this guy is just uh, nobody. You know, they have comics get up there. The special includes Amy Schumer, Michael Che, um, Michelle Wolf, Michelle Wolf. Uh, you know, other uh, Bob Saget, Gilbert to all these people. And besides Gilbert, who's insane in another way, everyone's afraid to approach. You know, they, right. they realize they are in the presence of greatness. Right. And they don't talk as much as they would if it was somebody else's show. And they don't, like, try and outdo Dave or something. You know, it's really – it's funny. You see kind of the respect – And the nerves on these people like that, that they're like up there like, "Oh, I don't want to mess up. I don't want to mess up Mm -hmm. in front of Dave or, you know, and it's funny because Jeff's there too. And uh, (laughs) they're like, oh, Jeff gets it, you know, (laughs) but Jeff does get it. Yeah. And he knows how important, you know, Dave is. And and Jeff's wonderful. And I think he's great. And I've seen him a hundred times and I think he's, and he makes me laugh hard, but he knows Dave is on this other level of greatness. Right. And you know it. Because you 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 know everything about stand up comedy. You're you're so into it. Used to break us apart because I couldn't take your constant love of stand up oh comedy. God, it was
2: too much, right? Now it's just every
1: like... time we were together, like, hey, let's go see some comedy after this. Oh, what God. we have to travel, but don't we see it every day? You love it.
2: I do. Well, I do get like a bug when I don't see comedy that you know, after a certain period, I feel like, ugh. And
1: you grew up in Manhattan, and that always confused me that you like it so much. It's usually stand-up comedy comes from people who grew up in the suburbs and stuff who didn't have anything else. And people from Manhattan are a little more sophisticated in the sense they don't care about comedy. They right. like other stuff. So that's why I'm so, so it's funny that you love it so
0: much.
2: Well, this sounds so simple, but I just discovered that the comedy that I – like the new comics that I like, that I want to work with and put on Colbert, they're the ones that are really working hard and have no help.
1: Well, you know, are you talking about me? Oh, I'm not working hard. Um, <laughs> I work hard at a different job. Um, I don't know. There's something that it's I, nice I guess that I you relate like, to It's that. funny, like you like to, to nurture... That new people, people that you feel have a chance. It's kind of I mean, you know what I think, Jess? I think everybody knows it, too. And they, I think they get it that you want to help. You're not in it to become a comic yourself, which is no. a huge deal.
2: But I have a personality. I was talking to my friend, Paul. He works uh, name drop, name drop, name drop. Um, he works... Well, it would only be Paul. It's a name re- drop
1: if it's Paul Schaefer or Paul no, Rudd. No,
2: no. No, I'm just saying like, oh, well, so works. So he works with Sandler. And he was saying that I have such a personality myself. And I am very much aware of that. So like, you know, and... I am just conscious to always tell comics. I'm not trying to be a comic, but I have I can't deny the fact that I'm fucking hilarious as a person, as a person and I know that there's a difference between being funny on stage and being just a fucking weirdo, which I am and I fully embrace and I think that's why I can connect with comics because I'm always I, I certainly am the black sheep um in any any room. Um, even with comics, sometimes you know, at JFL, you know, hey, are you having a fun party? I'm like, Ugh, I'm kind of feeling like, yeah, you know? I mean, it's a,
1: you do get yourself. I'm very,
2: I'm an extra, I'm an introvert, but I'm also an extrovert. Well, so. I
1: think, um, you know, you helping with the Colbert thing, I think all the stuff you'd been doing up to that time kind of came to fruition, and I think you were able to kind of sit back and be like, yeah, see, I am good, and it's funny. You know, the fact of you doing this is kind of the way Zoe Friedman, who was Bud Friedman's daughter, who used to work at the Improv for years, started booking the Letterman show. Right. And all the comics were thrilled because they're like, now here's somebody that knows all the comics. She knows comedy. Yeah. She's nice. She really will show work to get her friends on who are good and deserve a chance. You're just like that. When people found out you were booking, they were like, you know what? That's a great choice. Maybe maybe she's a little off or what <laughs> crazy. But she <laughs> worships comedy and she's done the research and she knows the history and you know, you you also I mean, not only do you love it, but you you know who's good, you know what's good, you know what's out there. You just recently had um, Katie Hannigan.
2: Oh my gosh. Katie Hannigan is so fantastic. She's well, getting such great responses from people No, and her set was about seven minutes almost
1: yeah well i saw it finally okay all right so uh now i've never seen her do stand-up now i love her as a person i I like her as an actress uh i asked my sister to watch it too because i was surprised at the kind of comedy like the her set it's interesting i mean i have some of it here you got to love that music. What's more entertaining than This is the only reason I want to be on the show. I'm going to come out and I'm going to do a pratfall. Thank you! I'm going to slip on a banana peel when I come out. It sounds like that audience really knows who she is. Hi, everybody!
2: I am so happy to be here. I am happy to be anywhere. Who's lonely? Oh, my God. (laughs) I need to get out more. I know, because I was getting the targeted ads on my Instagram for the dating apps, the hookup apps. Now I'm just getting a weird ad for a weighted blanket that simulates the feeling of being held by a person. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I bought it. (laughs) It is so heavy. I was the crazy girl in college, and now I'm just living that epilogue. <laughs> Any ladies you ever thought you were roofied? Hmm? Later you realize that you just had 18 cocktails. Whoopsie.
1: <laughs> You're laughing so hard. You love her so much. Yeah. It's fun. I mean, it, it, the set gets I better, and it's good, but it's yeah. it's so... I didn't expect she was going to be like, hey, ladies, like kind of... um. You know, uh, what do you call it? one of the, like a socialite like doing yeah. comedy or something like that. I didn't think her act was gonna be that way. I was very surprised when I saw it. You know, it's funny, I did an act just like that, which is maybe why it bothers me so much. I wasn't able to pull it off. I did one where I was this Yale graduate and um somebody bet me uh something that I couldn't do comedy and I'm like, Well, we were you know, like I, I was doing that exact same voice. Um I had these glasses and like a tennis outfit on and stuff and it seemed like a good idea so i kind of like the the plan but like is that who she is i don't know her i haven't spent that much time with her i mean is she putting on a character i know she wears those ridiculous glasses is that part of the character i think so is is her well you spend time with her does she actually talk like this when you're spending time with her
2: uh she's i mean this is her performing
1: where does she come up with this kind of character? I mean, come on, ladies. I love it. Well, I know you like it, and it's it so is retro. interesting, and I like. Yeah, it's retro. Yeah. Yeah. She's great. I mean, it's really good. She's very pretty, and um, I think there's definitely something there. Um, and you gave her her first big break, and it's very exciting. It's so exciting. Uh, how did she do in Montreal?
2: Ah, uh, fantastic. Hmm. So, yeah, she's going to get signed. She's going to, you know, move on up. Um, I've, I've been sharing her tape with a lot of, you know, casting people in my own little network. And we'll see.
1: No, oh, she's certainly, I mean, even if she wasn't good, she's pretty enough to get work. Hey. So. <laughs> well, she is. That's a pretty good deal, too. How old is she? The way she uh, talks, you thought she Evan would tells. be like 40, 41. No. 40, you know, is she even 30. Oh, oh, she is? I think so. Yeah. Oh, I actually thought she was in her 20s. Oh, okay. Oh, that's okay. Well, that makes me feel a little better. Yeah. And this is just because that that act for a 20-year-old, it's just so strange. No, yeah, she
2: yeah. just looks great. Comedy doesn't age certain people.
1: Well, yeah. I'm always off on people's age. I had Carmen Lynch here the other day, and I thought she was 29. And she's like, yeah, I'm not.
2: She's,
1: yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, oh, I thought you were, but apparently she is not.
2: No.
1: Um, did you have her on? I did Carmen on. Oh, you did? Yeah. Yeah, she's terrific. Yeah, she's awesome. And I like her a lot. Um, But yeah, I mean, that's the thing about Jessica Pilot. I mean, you are the champion of of the underdog, which is why you're trying to help me, and I appreciate that.
3: I
2: love all underdogs, except um, when it comes to dating. I think that that's one thing I'm trying to um, be better at, to to only date the top dogs. No more underdogs.
1: Uh, You say that, but I don't see that happening.
2: Listen, I when I I have and to we both quit, got I fooled quit, by that last guy. I have to quit the dating apps because it's just like I meet people and they sometimes send me resumes, you know what I mean? Oh wow,
1: uh-huh. that's yeah, that's interesting. Uh huh. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Well, that's what happened to you when you're the last thing you, you met a guy from high school and oh and, my then, God, and, he and wants you to do and comedy. Right? You know, <laughs> I, was, I was like, it's I was like, like This hey, guy's, guy's perfect you, for you and it's awesome. and he's like, you know, I'm thinking about doing comedy. Can I can I show you my oh, set? I, I, it's kind of like in the movies, like a joke. Like yeah,
3: some people, they'll send me, they'll say, "Hey, just as
2: a joke," and I'm like, uh, "And they're like, actually, it's not a joke." I'm Do like, you know
1: that the Gong Show, m- the the original Gong Show in the '70s, they made a movie, which Howard Stern referenced to this day because he didn't want to make his movie like the Gong Show movie. Yeah, because it was a disaster. The Gong Show was the most popular television show when I was a kid in the '70s, and they made the Gong Show movie, and the Gong Show movie is all these people coming up to Chuck Barris to audition for the show. And that's the whole movie. And he hates it. And the movie was horrible and stupid and all these acts. But it's what I think of when I think of people either trying to date you or meet you or, you know, something. I feel it's it's horrible. It's like a bad situation. And yet the funny thing is there's probably a bunch of people out there that actually are qualified to you know, be in your presence in that sense and they'll get weeded out because of the way they they did it, the way they approached. Totally. You know, some people, like like Katie Hannigan, you could see meeting you and, and hanging out and she's nice and everything, but you know, you could also see her being on you know, to say like, well, I'm really, I don't know. She's a great person. She is a nice person.
2: Yeah. You guys did well together. Yeah, school. we
1: acted well together. Yeah, We're a good combination. You definitely are. And you say she likes older dudes, right? I'm in. Plus, I didn't say that. No, but I have heard... For, she's, people that know her say it all the time to her. And she apparently thinks Paul Giamatti is attractive. So I am so in. It is like ridiculous. I hate when... Oh, I hate... I know I kind of look like him and it makes me sick. Mm. I mean, really sick. I mean, he's gross. I mean... You know, when Nicolas Cage was one thing. But Paul Giamatti, I mean, he's disgusting. I don't want to look like that guy.
2: Who wants to look like him? Maybe he does.
1: I guarantee he you know doesn't what, want to look like that. he
2: has a lot like of that. sex scenes in um, that show.
1: What? Oh, Billions? Yeah. Ew. Yeah, that's it's the a other real thing. You sex know, and, bot. I mean, I'm always I would always be very nervous about a sex scene or something. I was nervous about crashing. I I told you that you know when when I got the script, I was, I was like, I bet you they'll make me get naked just to fuck with me. And then when I enter in the towel, I was like, that was pretty close. Like I was <laughs> worried. I kept having bad dreams. I know I was going to be in the show, yeah. but I didn't get the script. Right. And I kept having bad dreams that I was going to, because it was HBO, that I was going to have to get naked. Everybody on HBO has got to get naked, got to right. get naked. I was so worried. And then, and then he enters in a towel and I'm like, God damn, that is so close. I was actually had a reason to be nervous about that because they show everybody naked. It doesn't matter who it is. I remember oh, Peter Scolari gonna... had to be naked in Girls.
2: Now I'm crashing I'd be interested if, they'd, if they're going to address like Me Too stuff in the new season in comedy
1: they did in the show younger
2: i gotta check it out it's the
1: best show ever you don't watch it huh
3: no oh, it's so good
1: did you watch dateline the other night uh last night rather no. uh this uh this uh, we're taping on uh two this will come out a week later so uh, the reason i'm taping now yep. this uh would come um you know i still got my birthday show yep. august 13 this will come out the day after obviously i can't do a podcast right after so in two weeks, I'll explain how that went. But the birthday show is going real well. August 13th at the com- Well, I don't need to tell you now, but it will have been at the Village Underground. Um, and the, the, the lineup is set. It is me. It is uh, Rick Chrome is going to do some hosting gigs so I don't look stupid. Um, Sarah Silverman. I can't even believe it. Gilbert Gottfried, Gary Goldman and Judy Gold. Also, I got Scott Rogalski from HQ Amazing. to do some Dave Just Got Trivia questions. Here's one I'm thinking of. I'm just trying to write them out now. In the nineteen ninety four movie Clueless, which is Dave Juskow which character turns on no, which character is Dave Jusgow attracted to the most? Cher Horowitz, her friend Dion, or Elton? I don't know. The answer would be Elton. I'm just gonna do everything that's gay. It's gonna be funny, you know, just be like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think I think that's a good gag, but I don't know. Maybe I'll mix it up. But it'll I think it'll be funny. I'm not positive. But anyway, that's the show. So so when you hear this, it'll be the day after the show. Hopefully the week after when I do my next podcast alone, which I mean, do, does your mom only like when I do it alone, even if you're on the Always show, alone. but what if you're on the show?
2: Uh, who knows?
1: <laughs> do you know, we had a huge revelation last week about your mom's favorite song, Big John, Little John. My friend Lawrence, his mom slept with Big John. Really? Yeah. Huge news. Slept with, I'll put it in your terms, Stanley's Bornack. Hmm. That still doesn't work for you? No. Well, you don't like Golden Girls? What the? That's huge news for any woman in this planet. You know, now your mother's gonna hate you again. She's gonna be like, "How did you not know Stanley Spornak was on The Golden Girls?" She's gonna be angry at you. You know. I think she'll be fine. Plus, you know, your insistent texting and stuff. I'm so used to it now; I don't even care. Um, it's all right. I was really going off, to off on to a know tangent. That I'm
2: going to Los Angeles, as you know. Maybe you'll Why meet me out be. Why will I be sad? Well,
1: you said you had to go.
2: Yeah, so I have to go to L.A. Yeah
1: um oh you're gonna be gone on my birthday you're saying
2: well yeah you've
1: never come to see any of my shows ironically i know you're trying to help me but you you really haven't been to any of them no you always have an excuse to not go you came to to one it's kind of weird i
2: went to godfather and i went to greece that's for sure
1: it's pretty uncool jess i mean you go see these people you don't even know as well as i do and you will not come to my shows what do you have against me are you trying to like (laughs) like just kind of play me Oh, yeah, that's it. Is that what this is?
2: I have to go out to Los Angeles.
1: But anyway, I got this guy, uh, Scott Rogowski, and Mateo Lane just joined the show as well. So we might do a couple of tunes. Yeah, apparently. And um, uh, I don't know. It should be fun. It should be a nice party afterwards. That's
2: so great. I wish I could be there. And
1: um, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. It's on Monday? Monday the 13th. That's my actual Mm -hmm. birthday. So I don't know. You know, I mean, uh, I mean, you really can't go wrong because even if I fuck up, the professional comedians we have on are great. So great. there's no it's way anybody awesome. will remember. They'll be like, oh, that was messed up. Are you going to record beginning. it? Well, I record all of them, but I wouldn't play it here because I don't want to use the uh, comics material. Right. Um, I do that. Whoever opens you my Godfather do like a show. should like
2: Facebook streaming but. thing.
1: I don't think the comics would like that. Okay, you know because then it right. uses yeah, yeah. their material. I don't. Sure, I don't. Sure. I don't know if I'd have everybody's permission. Right. And I don't want to even ask them because then, it's you know it's set so much now that I don't want any trouble I from somebody it. going like wait right. whoa whoa yeah, yeah, you know yeah, I don't yeah, want yeah. that because that's what happened to me last year. I get it. Kevin Brennan's like wait how many comics you have our forget it I'm out and then Sherrod's like oh forget it I'm hungover I'm out but that's my fault because I hired two of the worst <laughs> unreliable people in the right. history of comedy. So that's on me. So this year, I hired more people. people that, well, besides Judy Gold, who is just always it. late, um, you know, everything should be fine. It's going to be great. So yes, yeah, so that'll be great. So then the the next week, we'll talk about it, and hopefully it won't be a suicidal podcast, as often some of these are. <laughs> but um, yeah, so, uh, so we're t- taping this a week in advance, and I was on the topic of something else um uh, before now I can't remember we can in advance into oh did you see dateline they were I talking about my dateline. well no. I never I've never seen it before so in my why life would I watched dateline this is the first time I've ever watched it I recorded okay. it because I'm fascinated with that uh, what is it called nexium that that the cult yeah. with Allison Mack and that Renaire or something you know uh, with Katherine Oxenberg and stuff like that I'm I'm kind of obsessed okay um you know, I, I spent 10 years watching that horrible Smallville, and that turns out Allison Mack is a big criminal and a crook, and she needs to go to jail. Because, you, you know, the whole story that they, it was a cult, and they were branding women and, you know, setting them up. To, they were making sex slaves. just this, sure. this, You know, a bunch of actresses were in it until they figured out, like, something's, the smart ones figured out something is amiss. So anyway, this, they have on Dateline and Megyn Kelly today, and it was all on this really hot girl from the 80s, Catherine Oxenberg, who was on Dynasty and everything. She put her daughter in this program. She goes, oh, I read about this program. It's really good, but she didn't do enough research. And her daughter got swept into it. And she had to, she bought the whole place down. This Catherine Oxenberg, this actress, you know, was trying to get her daughter out of this cult. And um, bought the whole place down in in it, realizing that it was, because even though people had told the FBI they just didn't have enough, they're like, well, if it's religion, we can't get involved, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But then they realized, they finally realized these girls were being branded um, in their groin area with this guy's initials. But they thought it was a Latin term for just like, you know, whatever. And they'd have to give a collateral of themselves, whether it be money or naked pictures that he could release if they left him or something. It's so messed up and brainwashing. Anyway, it turns out, if you watch this whole thing, that this girl, Catherine Huxburg, she's her daughter's back and it's all good, but she should be in prison because it turns out, which she didn't know, she's the number two girl. She was recruiting all these people. Wow. So she needs to go to jail. Okay, I but her mother's it. trying to keep her out, but that's not fair. And they, she said, Megan Kelly was even like, Well, do you, I mean, what happens if your daughter, I mean, what are you going to do? She's like, I not I don't, mean, you know, it's not fair just because she broke the lid off of it that she doesn't go to jail. They should all go to jail. It was funded by the heiress of Seagram's. I mean, it was all. It's amazing this guy and the whole cold. I wish
2: I could comment on it. The
1: whole cult... You should have
2: prepped me. You're a bad producer. What's going on? I'm usually not. Just it say, just. Like, hey, um, we got to talk about
1: Dateline. Well, actually, I never tell anybody anything. I like to explain yeah, it to people. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but it's pretty popular. I mean, it's been around for a while. You know, I mean, I've been talking about it for weeks. I did a whole thing it was Allison Mack is something worthy or something I don't know um, but yeah they, they were just bought to be sex slaves to this one dude I mean this dude is a genius mm-hmm. <laughs> he's crazy fucked up genius but like Hitler you know he, he had a plan and he somehow executed he's not an ugly guy but he had this plan like you have to bring them to me and prep them for having sex with me Anybody that can do that, like Charles Manson or any of those kind of people, I mean, that's that's a miracle. Yeah. There were no other men. None. <laughs> I mean, it's it's like a fantasy for the jihadists, you know, like in a way, but it's like he did it for real. Um, I, if, You know, it's, it's crazy that that can happen. And it's so easy to get brainwashed, I guess, when you know all the right things to say. It turned out he...
2: Speaking of cults, I love going to the Hamptons. And <laughs> I just
1: did a, a, an aside look. I'm like, what the what the hell?
2: Um, I I have a a cult that I go to in the Hamptons. Is it called Soul Cycle? It's called just Montauk. and I like to just go there. And once I'm there, I'm sucked in, and I like to grill fish, and I like to. <laughs> um just lay out and um could you be any more drink, dewy while you're saying this Spritza, you know what yeah i like layout, to grow fish. grill fish yeah, drink some fish loin, nice. i like to talk to my friends um I like well to, who
1: wouldn't like that i mean that's great well that's why i thought maybe yeah. you were souring on comedy during the summer because you'd rather not be working well, the you'd summer, rather to say, I just say like
2: you know I'm a, I'm a summer person i like to enjoy the ocean clearly because you're always that. tan yeah uh but I do um, my skin. I don't have George leather. Hamilton I don't have of le- New York City. I don't have leather skin. No, no, your no, skin, skin is perfect. Skin.
1: Like well, does, I don't think you go tanning, right? Cuz No. You actually just go in the sun and you're yeah, always this tan. Yeah. How is that possible you can be this tan year round living in New York City?
2: Why well, go? I travel a lot.
1: That's true. Well, be careful because your skin is perfect now. And but, uh you know, you just got to be careful cuz I don't know whether you ever seen my boss at my office but she's disgusting. <laughs> I mean it's 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 leather real skin. <sighs> yeah she's only 25 oh, no i'm God. kidding she's like 60 but i mean she it's it's oh i know so much sun worship yeah you know poor diet uh that's me saying that um drugs uh, stuff But not even to excess it's yeah. the sun the smoking sun. two packs a day
2: smoking the sun just be that. careful Yeah, yeah your
1: face is perfect now you're very young you look beautiful <laughs> you're adorable
2: so, yeah, so now I'm no longer sour in comedy. I had a nice little break, and then... I mean,
1: once you go out to L.A., you'll be soured again.
2: Uh, I feel like it's good. I'll what are you doing me- out there? I'll take some meetings, <laughs> you know, but I really am. Like That's the thing. I actually stacked, like, six meetings. I like to do, like...
1: Jeff, I swear to God, that's all I ever want to do when I'm out there, and I can only yeah. schedule one.
2: Meetings, meetings, meetings. Um, I'm going to meet with people.
1: Wait, I know... I'm sorry. I, I actually
2: will. Like, and th- my thing is this. I don't do cocktails with people anymore unless they're my friends. I just do coffee in the morning. That's which, smart. Let's do I said let's do an eight AM coffee. Let's do a nine AM coffee. That leads to bad and things. And then I cut off and I'll cut off by three PM, that's it. There's no more meetings. So basically that's that's the schedule. Let's keep it focused. Let's keep it caffeinated. We don't need a boozy talk. Oh, we should do a show about that. About that. No, no, no. Well, let's look stop. at you. You're very yeah, wise stop. in your. You know what I mean. That's why. That's once it. you turn thirty. Uh... The good work. The good work <laughs> happens over, um, you know, an anxious cup of coffee. Hopefully. Ever
1: since you've turned forty, I really feel you've really, you know, really put I'm it not together. 40. I was waiting for. I was knew you were texting, so no, I was I seeing if you texting. were even paying attention. That was a test and you completely failed. That the... must have taken like 30 seconds no, for you to answer. God. I didn't even know where to go. No, I you, just, you can I was see if you, you have if you play it, it back, you would be like, you're at 40. And know. then there's what a pause because like I was trying to say something and I had nothing. I don't
2: know what it's going to be like at 40. It is going
1: to be exactly the same. Trust me. Oh, God. I'm already 100.
3: Ugh. Mm.
1: It's, I'm going to be 54.
2: Unbelievable.
1: I mean, that's sick. Is it? But the even years are the best. I have to see it that way otherwise. I just tell yourself that. I have right? to yeah. tell myself otherwise. Yeah. But you know. Maybe you I should write that on your wall. Get new hair. are the best. Well, I wrote um, a date down in June one time when I said, this is the day. I'm going to turn everything around. That was the day I decided and maybe I'll get 50? some hair. No, no. This was three months ago. A oh, month really? ago. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, this is the day. I'm not going to get depressed anymore. And? Well, so far, so good. I've been positive. Oh, good. Well, you've helped. I'm a positive realist. You've helped. Um, Jessica's Aww. been kind enough to have breakfast with me uh, Aww, like on so Mondays, fun. and that really makes my week start well, and I look forward to it. It's like, I look forward to stuff so much. It's just like how, you know, during football season when I have the wings, I look forward to Mondays. Like on Saturdays, I'm like, oh, Monday's going to be awesome. I mean, that's what more can you ask in life when you look forward to Mondays? You know yeah. what I mean? How many people do you know that are like that? Especially, well, not in our world, because most comics every day is a weekend, but... Um, you know, for me, you know, I work a regular job, so I love Mondays, you know. But I don't because I still work at 2 o'clock, but I think I'm going to change, and now I'm going to start working like normal hours again because, you know, oh, i getting a promotion. Um, <laughs> anyway, can I just say one thing? Getting promoted. Um, last week I was on Fox News, and I had said I don't like standing for the National Anthem. I'd like to address that now if I may. Uh, what I meant... <laughs> um, I, You know, I... W- What I meant when I said that, uh, I was getting a little flack, but I think I was able to correct myself on the show. I certainly do not want to stand out of disrespect. What I don't like, what I like to do is that this is a great country. I can choose whether or not to stand. So I don't want people to tell me I have to stand. If I happen to be sitting one particular day, I go to a lot of sporting events and I don't feel like standing for the national anthem that day. I don't want some fat slob telling me, hey, get up. Right, Right? So then, then I'm going to defy him. But when I'm ready to get up, I will get up because that's what makes this country great, right? But if if you're saying that we're standing because it's for our troops, which I never thought of it that way, I don't think of that as you're our troops. You're just thinking about your legs. It, I'm not thinking about that either. I'm just thinking about it. that. I'm, I just want to be the rebel that has nothing to do with anything of how I feel about the country or the troops. If I know I'm always standing for the troops, that is different. Like when there's an army guys there, when they have it stuff. What I'm trying to say anyway. I've
2: dated a Marine before, and, and that was as patriotic as I think I've ever.
1: Been. Hey, that's a huge thing. But that is a I, huge I, I, patriotic I, I, service. Everybody should month. have sex with a, a Marine yeah. or an army guy because sure. that is doing your service right. as a lady. Yeah. <laughs> and the, it's the Me Too and then I realized it, yeah. Hey, that's okay. You just have to do, it, it, just once. do it once. And that's the that's service that's that you provide, and men can do that as well uh, for the ladies. It's a big service. It's a very, it's a service you provide for our country, and we appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you for your service, Jessica. Thank you. Um, but what I'm saying is, I. I just want no more national anthems at sporting events unless it's the Super Bowl. I don't feel there needs to be the national anthem before every event. And what I did say on the show was also that...
2: Unless Lane is singing it.
1: Oh, please. Well, if it's somebody great, but it's usually some high school kid I really couldn't care less about. But even so, the only thing I like about the national anthem is what I bet on it and how long it's going to go in the Super Bowl. Because I just want to get to the gambling and I want to get the game. But if they were really serious about this national anthem, if they were completely serious about the kneeling and all that kind of stuff, they would air it on TV. The TV broadcast starts after the National Anthem, which means no one cares. It doesn't provide ratings. right? So there it is in a nutshell. What are we actually doing? Now, I've talked about changing the National Anthem, as everybody has. And I think that, like you were saying, the Mateo thing reminded me, I think everybody would be pleased with maybe changing it to a little something like this. I love it. Wait for it.
2: Forget your
1: troubles, come
0: on, get oh God,
2: happy. Awesome.
1: You to chase all your cares away USA! USA! On, a- get happy, USA! Get ready, ready for the day. Judgment Day! The sun is shining, Oh yeah! On, the Lord is Can you imagine Mateo singing your your this hand. before a football game? So Who wouldn't be, be into this? Come on, get happy. What American would not be into this? We're
3: heading across the river. Wash your sins away in the tide. It's all so peaceful.
1: Okay, maybe not that. Um <laughs> just wanted to pick the gayest song I could think of, and that was pretty much it. Um, but, uh, you know, I was um, listening. You know, you tweet, you Instagram a yeah, lot. A lot. And Is it too much? No, it's, you know, it's the right thing to do if yeah, you can I mean do it's... it. I just don't know how, where, and how you have the time um, to do it, because it, it's... Uh, it's so difficult to, to, for me. I don't Instagram well at all, unless I have a really, you know, I don't like the way I look in photos. But you Instagram everything. You Instagram what you're listening to in music, you know, where you are, who's on Colbert, obviously. Sometimes
2: I'm feeling and then I'll delete it.
1: Yeah. And it's fascinating. Because i like, uh, no. So the other day you tweeted you were listening to one of my favorite songs of all time, which I would have no problem if this was the uh, national anthem. Oh, the best song ever. It really is.
0: Mother told me, yes, she told me, I meet girls like you. She also told me, stay away, you'll never know what you'll catch. I got the auto-tuner on.
3: Just the
0: other day, I heard a soldier falling from Indonesian junk that's going round.
1: You want to sing with the owner, Turner?
0: Daddy's all right. They just seem a little weird. Surrender. Surrender. But don't give yourself away. Hey.
1: No auto-tuner for you? No singing. Well, check it out, though. Do you know the lyrics? They're don't so weird. I know the lyrics, weird.
3: and I asked you about the lyrics I know. Last so
1: time. listen, to the one I just sang, just the other day, I heard a soldier falling off some Indonesian junk that's going round.
2: Oh, wow. That's <laughs> weird.
1: It's so weird. So they have, you know, Um, bef- listen, listen listen to the what's happening now. Your mother's right She is really up on
0: things Here it gets weird Before we married Mommy served in the wax In the Philippines It is um, like a war song it's <laughs> Well, Surrender Yeah Made for the
2: war but I thought it was like about sex you know? But
0: mommy isn't one of those I've known
1: her all these years It doesn't even rhyme And yet it's a badass song it's
2: a great song I love
1: it I was I sang it in a play once that's why I had to remember all the words well here's the best the end I told you about the Kiss records right
3: yep
1: that's the next verse this is and this is what the couch one this is the sex part I guess they met in the Philippines, and now they're...
0: Whatever happened to all this season's losers of the year? Every time I got to thinking where they disappear... Here it comes. When I woke up, Mom and Dad are rolling on the couch. Rolling numbers, rock and rollin'. Got my Kiss records out.
1: Makes no sense. We should get those guys on the show. Can we I book
2: would them?
3: I'd love to. I'd love what to, are to they interview doing those guys. Now? I would they, love are, to are you get kidding? Them.
1: They've never stopped working.
2: Oh my god! If make... can, let's get them. Let's. I can get them. Let's, really? I want to book them. Oh
1: my god! That would be amazing. I've I've liked them forever. Like I've always just been a big fan, even when. It, I mean, they've, you know, they've had a thing where they just weren't cool. I remember when I was um, in the summer, let's say it was 82. And I was down at the shore and I won at, uh, not Asbury Park, uh, Seaside Heights, where they filmed Jersey Shore. I won, I won, I could pick an album, you know, I won one of the games and I picked the Cheap Trick one-on-one album and all my friends made fun of me because Cheap Trick was over and they weren't cool. But I totally disagreed because I think um, this song, which was on that album, was great. And it was a classic MTV video, too. I like them, and they, they make really good melodies. It's that one guy. I think it's, it's the, um, Rick Nielsen. Oh, In fact, uh, the guy mentions it on the Fast Times at Richmond High, the magic of Rick Nielsen.
3: If you want my love,
1: you got it.
2: When you leave alone, Wait, can we go see them in concert? I've seen here?
1: them three times. <laughs> so when can well, because we they see always them? open for other people, so I've seen them open for Squeeze. I've seen them open for who was the other one? Cheap Trick, Squeeze. That was perfect for me. It was—I was so messed up that day. <laughs> it was great at Radio City.
2: Amazing.
1: Yeah, they're terrific, and they still—they just came out with a new album like three months ago, I think. They've been... But now they... Um, one of the guys is out. Um, I don't know which one. He might be dead. I think he's just retired. And so they use the son of, I think, the, maybe the drummer's out. He might be dead. And they use the son, I think, now. You know, like Van Halen does with Eddie Van Halen's kid or something. So, but... um, Yeah, so this... But the thing about Cheap Trick, which is interesting also, is that live... They're actually better. And so that's the studio version of you. If You Want My Love. And if you listen to the live one, it's actually better. They, they pick it up a little, which is even a slower song. They're a good live band.
3: I like them a lot. And I
1: think I, most of my listeners probably know the ultimate example I'll show in a second. Feels like it's more of a crowd song, you know, with everybody swaying and stuff like that. You know? <laughs> There's something a little bit more epic about it when it's live, I guess. It seems it, it's got that more sadness and I don't know, and fun to it as well. That's great. I'm going to skip to the part where they. Yeah this is this is this is the live part that they play that they, it's only in the song live like, after this part they have an extra bridge that they added
3: in for the live part I want to this song what's it
1: called If you want my love you got it Here, it this is the part that's what they added in yeah it's a really good song and it's it's good and bad it's like you can see where people would make fun of it and too but if you ever the video it's so funny it's so basic but it was so huge when MTV first started, and all it has is them singing, but the lights are swaying, and because there was no technology back then at all, any video was questioned, like, how did they do that? Yeah. So people were always wondering, how did they get the, the lights to swing like that? Yeah. When you see the video, you'll know what I'm talking about. Like, It okay. was so big. If
2: You Want My Love?
1: If You Want My Love. Okay. Um, now, the, the legendary song that kind of made them is... Uh, yeah this one this classic live one which kind of made them I want you you know oh, this the one best. right
2: now th- I actually first heard this in private parts
1: what scene did they play it in private parts
2: I don't remember the scene I just remember it.
1: they only play the live version whenever they play yeah. I mean it's fascinating because it was it, and it's it's not on it's only on a live album version but this is the most classic of all time I So that's the epic live version of I Want You to Want Me, which is classic, but Waity, this is the original studio version and that's what makes it so interesting it's horrid you know how depressing it already is right? yeah. from that awesome live version I don't know how they figured it out it's so lame
2: oh this one sucks isn't that funny isn't that, it why, why are they
1: so good I can't make it stop that's what makes it so great once I add in the auto-tuner forget about it I want you. I'm making it better. I
0: need, I need
3: you. I love, you love, me. love me.
1: I made it better, so it was more entertaining. Isn't it funny that they're so good at just changing it up in concert and like making uh, it better? Yes. So so yeah, they're a great band to see in concert. You probably know 90% of their songs even if you don't know them. And you know, cause you have heard them in one form or another. And um, I don't know, I've always just liked them and I'm always rooting for them all the time. Can you, can
0: you honestly tell me that you forgot? Forgot the magnetism of Robin Zander or the charisma of Rick Nielsen?
3: That's kid stuff.
0: Kid stuff. But how about the tunes? I want you to want me. The Dream Police. Your mama's all right. Your dad is all right. But just seem a little bit weird.
1: I mean, that's a classic from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. He's talking about, and it's funny because she's now. This is that came out in 1980, and she goes, "That's kid stuff." And so when I bought that album in 1982, that's what my friends were saying. That's kid stuff. So that's what it was considered, and I think they got a bad rap. But, but he's right. You know, for me, for my money, I'm like Demone. I'm like, now listen. What about the tunes? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to want me. The Dream Police. Na 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 na. Come on, Stacy. This is some great iced tea. Well, listen.
2: I love your impressions. Hey,
1: thanks, a lot. I Appreciate it. Do
2: a really good Cosby.
1: Yeah, sometimes I do on the podcast, i do Cosby and Woody Allen having dinner together. I love it. Let me see if I can do it right. <coughs> I ended up. Fuck my
3: stepdaughter.
0: They know I was thinking about doing the same thing, but I couldn't get her to do it, so I spiked her drink a little. But it's okay.
1: It's, it's totally okay because, you know, how else are we going to, you know, defile these women if we don't, you know, put something in their drinks?
0: It's exactly what I've been saying the whole time. What do you totally get me? That's what I'm trying to say. Let's put a little pill in the pudding, and it's all set. You see?
1: <laughs> anyway, you know, um, we went to see, uh, Sarah Silverman and I went to go see this off-Broadway show on Saturday. I can't remember the name of it. I always call it code If and a, if and, I don't remember what it's called. But it's closing, so I can tell you the secrets. So this guy he comes on; he does. It's like an off party magic show. It's so annoying because you know nobody. I mean, I like magic, but Sarah doesn't like. It, a lot of people don't like it. And these guys, these magicians, I can't stand. Magic. They cannot stay away from that sleight of hand card tricks. They oh. can't. No matter what you're doing, they got a I deck of cards it. somewhere. It's so annoying. And that that was the worst part of the show. But he has this one thing. where He calls this woman up on stage, and he, you know, a random woman, definitely a random woman, because he's picked it out of a hat and she somehow he has an envelope a bunch of envelopes she picks one and it's a letter from her goddamn mother this random woman in the audience and after the show we're like wait a minute you know we thought that girl was into it but in on it but we saw her before the show and spoke to her she was just an, you know some girl from New Jersey so when we went outside everybody was gathered around her and she had the note and we all wanted to see it and it was totally in her mother's handwriting and she's like i was just about to call, she was about to text my mother and i'm like you call your mother right now cuz we want to hear this right. so she puts it on speaker like the whole audience is surrounding her outdoors after the show because we we saw the people from the show going hey they're talking about it this is bad you know yeah, <laughs> whatever yeah, yeah. so um, she calls her mother and this girl has she was big she had red hair really white we never would have expected she was Jewish until her mother picked up the phone. Hello? Right. <laughs> oh, hi. She goes, Mom, did you write a letter to the, I don't know what you're talking about. But it turns out, we, we're trying to figure out through like the ticket sales or something. They got in touch with her husband. Her husband called her mother and the mother wrote the letter and sent it in. And, and we're trying to figure out how she got in touch and everything. And he does this eight times a week. So he's got a, everybody that gets a ticket online... He might get in touch with them and tell them to write these letters. He told us we might. Well, we wouldn't get one in the mail because we didn't do it that way. But some people get letters like the next day or something. It's we. I don't know. It's it was kind of cool, but then at least we got to the bottom of it, which made us feel some of it. We still don't know how he picked her and all that kind of stuff. But there, it was. It wasn't bad. And we met the guy after. He was very nice. He was, you know. In fact, when we got to the box, office like. Um, he would like to meet you after the show, so please wait around. You know, that happens when you're with Sarah. Yeah. Everybody wants to meet Sarah. Sure. But um, so he also gives somebody a book, a big, thick book at the, during the show. And you have to leave before the show is over and take the book and write what you saw here in the book. It's a huge, thick book, and a, he's done, I don't know, 200 shows or more, and the book is all full. And you have to bring it back. And he said, everyone's bought it back. Like, no one hasn't bought it back. They have to come the next day. Or this girl, when we saw, we saw the 8 o'clock show. She was at the matinee. And we asked her. And she said, I was carrying around this book for four hours. And I just, you know, it's like, it's it's a real trust. You know, you have to be polite <laughs> and, like, bring this book back. And then she wrote this thing. And I really didn't think everything was set up. It was it was pretty good. If it was still running, I would say to go see, see it and it. tell me what you think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's closing. And uh, Doogie Hauser produced it. Uh, that, that's rude. Uh, uh, Neil Patrick Harris. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm still. Uh, I'm an old man. I like to talk like that sometimes. Like, uh, you know, that, that Doogie Howser it. Uh, that good-looking fella from uh, the the child's uh, show. Um. And I hung out with my uh, nephew on Friday. He's 15 now. He's taking this acting class at Stella Adler. So oh,
2: yeah, I want to hear about that. How'd that go?
1: Well, I'm gonna see on Thursday. Apparently the parents can go and see what they've been up to all summer. Here's Ooh. the best part. So he he's been telling me all the time, he's like my sister comes home, she goes, Yeah, there's um they said, you know, it's a big class, like people come from all over. There's even a girl from Israel coming and she's studying for the summer. Yeah. And then Billy was like, Yeah, there's a girl from Israel coming. Like mm-hmm. they use it as a selling point for the class. There's a girl from Israel coming. Right. The girl from Israel is Sarah's niece. Really? Yeah, it turns out. We just found out Saturday. That's
3: wild. It's so
1: weird. Billy's like, wait a minute, what? So they're in different classes, but he totally knows who it is because it's the girl from Israel. Everybody's talking about the girl from Israel. Selling the, they're selling the show, the, the class on the girl from Israel. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's so ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, and Sarah's um, like, yeah, she already booked a, booked a movie. She's just finished. And I'm like, oh, I just get so jealous. I'm just jealous of my nephew but you know what we discovered
2: oh yeah this is a nephew you hate
1: I don't hate him but we we hung out on Friday he goes hey do you want to hang out I'm just a little jealous because he's having such a good time and it's like now I get why my dad hated me so much I certainly don't hate him but I totally get where my dad was coming from now it must have looked like my life was this is why people get jealous of me to the naked eye and you know because you have the most fun life it looks like I have the most fun life. You know, they don't see the other parts. You know, at work, it looks like I live the most fun life after work. But most of the time, I just come home and have something to eat and go to bed. But it's funny for other people. But this kid, Billy, I mean, this kid is partying all the time. He's partying with his new acting, but they're all acting people. You know, like, it's weird. He's hanging out with theater people. Yeah. I didn't, that was not for me. That's why I didn't go in acting in college. I feel
2: like you are a theater person. Uh,
1: yes, I am a theater person, and I wanted a major in acting, but I did not want to be around theater people. And my entire life, including stand-up comedy, has always been, I want to be in it, but I also want to distance myself from it. I don't want to be full in on stand-up comedy because I don't want all my friends to only be stand-up comics. Right, same. And I know you understand perfectly, but other people don't understand and that's the way it was for acting. I want to go in, I want to be an actor, but I don't want to be with actors. I still want to hang out with my high school friends and I want to meet new people. And it's a it's a great example is just like even being at that bar that I hang out in and meeting this guy that writes Batman. There's one of the kind of people you're going to meet in LA. Yeah. I mean maybe they work for one of the Marvel movies or something, but this guy like writes a comic, you know? Like and he's my age. And you just meet Different kinds of people all the time, and that's fun and interesting, and you just don't do that out there. And you wouldn't do it if you were just always in stand up comedy, like, you can't meet yeah, other I people. Need to,
2: I was talking about this with a friend, you have to have friends who are not, um, who. Who don't want something from you? Like I know you're a true friend, even though you want something from me. But I think it's really important. Well, to well I do friends. want you to
1: help me. But I've been a friend for, with you for like twenty yeah, or ten like years. Fri- or what if? Yeah, what if we friends? When years. I met you, when you're like twenty two?
2: Yeah. So it's like friends that I've known for a while. Then those are the the true ones. But sometimes it's a little bit tricky. I have some new friends that are good, but it still feels sometimes I um I don't know. I think it's more about my own insecurity than them.
1: Well, that makes sense, but you did have one of those things happen to you just recently, oh, I mean, even yeah. just on your birthday. Well, I'm For talking sure. about even in just June. Yeah. Um. You know, you had a, a guy who you were like, "Oh, perfect, a high school friend." You know, like, and um, this is per- this is exactly where I oh, want to be. It was
2: true romance comes sweeping back and yeah, and, oh and he my was God, cool. It's been years. He was. He's. Cool. he's he cool. was playing it cool. Everything he's
1: about cool. him was cool. He's and then cool. it's just it's like a it's like a sketch. He's like, cool um, would you look at? When I have a script that I think would be perfect for Patrick Swayze, uh, you know.
2: <laughs> so yeah, so basically, that's that's that, that's off. So that's pretty pretty fucked up, but um, yeah.
1: It takes um, you girls and I say like you and Rachel and people like that and Sari even a long time to find the right guy. Yeah. Um, but it seems to work out. So, just have faith. It's going to work out because it worked out for Rachel and she tried it for a very long time.
2: Yeah, she didn't meet anyone until what she... Like,
1: oh, she met lots of guys and she dated lots of guys and she, you know, I've always said, Rachel, her dating was brilliant. I mean, she weeded them out and when she broke up, they it was over. She never went back to an old boyfriend ever. Yeah. And it was over and then she moved on and she weeded everybody out until she found the guy that is perfect. Or good enough. (laughs)
3: Yeah.
1: No, but he's, I mean, he's great. Um, And we all like him. And it's not like the, uh, you know, some of the others, which uh, people, now I like the first guy. Yeah. Uh, David Ortiz was my favorite. Uh, I don't (laughs) don't mind saying his name. He was not the baseball player from the Red Sox, (laughs) but um, I always liked him, but she still doesn't understand uh, why he cheated. And I've told her a hundred times, he cheated because he's an idiot. Right. You understand? He doesn't know any better. You didn't right. want to get married. He's Spanish. He's Puerto Rican. He needs to get married immediately. Right. How are you not getting this? Right. She did not understand. I'm just, I'm just telling her. She's like, how could you be friends? I'm like, because he didn't,
3: he didn't do it on purpose. I
2: wanted to marry me, for sure. But it just wasn't the right, they weren't the right ones. Well, that's the thing.
1: Because you know. And she knew, too. She yeah. knew it wasn't time. But what she should have done was break it off. And she just kept going out with him because she didn't want to be alone. This is what my mother is doing right now. And it's a disaster. You can't be selfish either, but apparently it just lasts until you're a hundred, like it never ends.
2: Ay, yay yay! You
1: form the same habits no matter how old you are. Age isn't age isn't the issue.
2: Goody can't wait.
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Hooray! Well,
1: the good thing about just with you and like I used to tell Rachel is that you're in a capacity where you meet a lot of people.
2: Yeah, but I don't, I, I don't think I can date someone in, in
3: entertainment. I'm not
1: talking about entertainment. I'm talking about that you're in social situations all the time um, that just provide meeting people in general and, and, and having, whether they're friends or social situations. Many girls your age, and I, I always say actually that sometimes that's the cutoff for girls. For men, it's 45. Um, this is in my head. Um they give up, and they don't go out or whatever. But you, your job, fortunately, forces you to go out. You have to go out, so you get to meet people and stuff. Well, people get, they're like, I've been doing this so long, I'm done. You know what I mean? Always. I mean, I'm like that right now, and but I'm much older. But it's like I've stopped going out. I don't meet many people. I have nights where I spend and have a good time, but. You know, going out and trying to meet somebody, that's just it's over. so hard. Because it's, uh, I just can't, you can't go out every night. And, you know, if you go out every night, it certainly rises your chances. But, you know, I'm not going to meet anybody age-appropriate at a bar. And I don't care for the online dating. I'm not, that's
0: I'm not, not my I, thing. I
2: quit online dating because I meet people online and they say, oh, what do you do? And then, you know, someone today, they tried to... um you know they said that they, they work in advertising but they dabble in comedy i said oh forget it i just deleted them <laughs> well how did you find them that
1: they dabble in comedy said, or said, they, well, they do they does your profile thing say i work for uh, okay, uh, I'll I, read, I would i would like to read you the... what my profile says but then, okay, then I, and then
2: i will delete it after this so here's my here's what my profile oh. says on the online dating okay
1: this is breaking news <laughs> Jessica pilot's profile
2: dating profile <laughs> lover of life native new yorker I work in television with funny people. It's exciting, but I'm learning how to be better at relaxing from work stuff.
1: That's what you... (laughs) You know what? I'm going to take back that tune. (laughs) I'm learning to be... What was the last one?
2: I'm learning how to be better at relaxing from work stuff,
1: too. You know, you're one of the best writers I know. That's the worst poorly written sentence I've ever heard in my life. Okay. <laughs> well, no, it's funny because you are a really good writer. Okay, I'm going to I'm. A, you know that sometimes, Jess, I'm afraid to write you emails because I feel like an idiot. Because you're like really good. You're like yeah, really I'm gonna smart. It, so I'm going like... to take it off now. No, no, don't take it off. I was, just, I was just saying, so wait, so it says you work with funny people, but it doesn't say that you book comedians. No. So why put the funny people thing I'm going to
2: delete it. I'm basically just deleting my online profile. I think it's the best what, what,
1: idea. What app are you on? Oh, maybe you don't want to say. Yeah, right. I don't want to say, but I'm going to take <laughs> well, it Well, they'll off. find you anyway. Yeah. J.D.? Yeah,
2: I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I, I'm done. That's it. It's it. That's the end.
1: Sometimes I go to the dating profiles just to look at who's on there, but I get scared. I've never been good at something like that. I don't feel comfortable, and and I certainly do not come off good in texting or emails. Nobody gets my hilarious inflections. Um, It's just bad for me. I get it. Oh, uh, I got to tell you, on Sunday, I um, went to the new Meadowlands gambling yeah, place that just opened. You know, because I've been going to the track down in Monmouth Beach to place bets. Mm-hmm. So this Sunday, I was meeting my sister at one o'clock here in the city with Dory, and, but I went to the Meadowlands first. I took my car, paid the toll in the Lincoln Tunnel, <laughs> to make this bet. Yeah, I went out to the Meadowlands. I want to go to at the, the tracks with you, by the way. And I placed the bet, and I called my friend Joe, and I said, if you ever want to discourage your daughter or anyone you know from gambling bring them to this place it is disgusting it is filled with the worst people ever if i wasn't a degenerate and didn't have a problem i would never go back there but i'm going back this weekend but um <laughs> it's so it's just these bunch of dudes and it was lines out, the door. out uh, the door and this is baseball this isn't even football i can't even imagine the money they're going to be making during football season, but these guys are talking about it. So there I am. I figure, you know, I'll make a parlay on the Cubs and the Cleveland and I couldn't even get in the door. It was all crowded. I couldn't make it time. You know what happened? They both win. I would have won. You know what? When I talk about gambling, I never talk about it that way. Like I don't I don't really like talk about it with anybody because I know it's it's an embarrassment. Right. So hearing these guys talk about it with people, guys that like understand it's I don't want to be part of that world. It's but you not are good. In that world. I know, but I don't want to be part of that world. It was, it almost turned me off of gambling, except it was so exciting. I love it. <laughs> do you know what? when I got to the counter, I had to take off my hat. No, just like the Star Spangled Banner. They made me take off my hat. I was wearing—I never wear a baseball cap. I was wearing one that day because my hair was a mess, <laughs> and um, they made me, me take, to take the it tracks off.
2: When I get back,
1: when do you get back? I'm going on Saturday.
2: Uh what time? Is in New Jersey. Starts at
1: one. I'm going to Start be in New beach.
2: Jersey. I'm going to be in
1: Melbourne. Oh, I'm going to go to. Um,
2: and then I Montclair.
1: Go... Hmm. Are you falling asleep?
2: No, I'm just thinking <laughs> if I could go.
1: Uh, that's what I'm thinking about doing. I'm not sure because of my birthday Let show. Know. Let me know because that would be fun. Uh, I sometimes send I off. don't want to go anywhere. It depends if I'm singing a lot on the birthday show because then I don't want to mess up my voice. Um. But if I take Sunday off, I should be okay. I'm not singing that much. Yeah. So I have I to book my
3: flight
2: video, still. Right.
1: But uh,
2: look, I think we have a lot covered. I think what we should. That we should uh, there's end. one other thing we have, we to, have talk to talk about. about the car. We have to talk about the cars. Movie. Only because.
1: So um, you know, I gave the cars movie to this these people that do this, uh, night, you know, I get it wrong every time. It's Night Thoughts or Night Spots. I don't know. It's a Cars podcast. They're very yes. polite, very nice. They love it. So you. they did, uh, did, did I send you the podcast that they did? Yeah. No. And they talked about the movie? No. It was so much fun to listen to because it brought back so many memories. Yeah. You know, it was so much fun. They really liked it. They seemed to get all the jokes and everything. It was kind of great. And I was just like, you know, maybe people, if these guys get it, yeah, and they're huge Cars fans will. like that, maybe they will get it. Well, they really appreciate it because they know all the facts too. But yeah, what, what's happening with it, Jess? The the people want to know.
2: Well, we have to sort of figure out where we can do a screening. I think that would be the that would be the first thing. Well that doesn't thing. help people in Chicago no, and Utah. Because then we invite some industry people and that's how show business works. You
1: know what? This is perfect. I do a little stand up before oh right, 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 no. We'll make it an uh, event. No, no we and can make it an event. That's, that's a
2: great idea. We'll do a whole event. We'll do it in September.
1: That's a great idea, but yeah. not during the holidays. I, I bake.
2: Yeah, not the holidays.
1: No, what are you talking about doing on Rosh Hashanah? I said
2: September. What are
1: you? Th- that's when every. That's when all the holidays are. No, are you right, kidding? I can't you. make it. I got Yom Kippur. I got Rosh Hashanah. Right, I we'll in October. I got Shavuot we'll is coming up. I've got Simchas Torah. All right. No, man. September's we'll fine. We do in October. No, September's good.
2: Yeah, but I think we should do an event.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love this plan. I love this plan. Let's do that. Let's do it. Yeah, we had to talk about it because you know the people are asking, the people are on Twitter, and they're like, "What the hell?" And I've already put you out there. I know. That you are piloting the pilot. I know. Plus, I was thinking, you know what? I should just do a whole Cars television series where we just have this uh, band of weirdos. And they, it's like the monkeys. And, but they're such funny characters. It would be funny to just have them have their own show. Um, but the characters we play. Right. But but be the Cars. Like somehow try to ask for the I, rights. I think the only way to get do this a off monkeys. the ground
2: is to do an event and see what people think. I know, and I I'll, agree, I, but I'm
1: just saying in the future I would like to do like six episodes of the monkeys, make the show like the monkeys. Right, right. But it's the cars. I get it. And they have to keep going to gigs. Their gigs get canceled. It's just it's just touring and stupid stuff. And you want to
2: play, you you'll be in it.
1: Well, I play Rick or case in this, but I mean, if anybody wants to, I don't care. You can make them younger.
2: No, you have to be in it.
1: Well, I am a funny Rick Ocasek, or at least yeah. the way I'm doing Rick Ocasek. But that's what I was thinking. If Rick Ocasek was on board, I, I mean, I don't know what else he's doing. He can Joseph. play Eric. Okay. I just a made up character that. <laughs> right. like, but it's actually Rick All Ocasek. All right. So first
2: step. So the next step, when I come back from L.A., we'll start planning this event.
1: You're not coming back from L.A. You love it out there. Uh, I you am. Love I have a show ticket. business. You sure? Yeah. When is that return ticket? Well, I and don't what know. airline are you going to be on? What seat?
2: Um, <laughs> no, don't say.
1: Yeah. Um, would that be great if somebody was like actually yeah. listening to this? Hi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think I have really nice listeners, so I think they would be polite. I don't think anybody would do anything weird. But
2: you have listeners.
1: <laughs> oh, there's one other thing I just wanted to say before we leave. Um, while watching that Dateline thing, if you watch it, mm-hmm. um, this Nexium thing and what they were talking about about this person, it reminded me of uh, my old manager, Vanessa. Oh. Because it's all lies. It's all based on lies. It's a sociopath, um, you know, and, and you get sucked in because they're telling what you what you want to hear. Right. And uh, that's what I was thinking of. I gotta hear it. it Happen? Yeah, it's I gotta a, watch really it. interesting, and it's gonna continue. So. One, two, three, four. Yeah. Well, that's our show for today, everybody. It I I was a little all over the place, but I think we had a good time. Jessica's a great guest and uh, a fun girl, and. Uh, Well, because you've moved to the neighborhood, that's why we've been hanging out a lot more, which has been really nice. I can't tell you how great it's been to have a friend in the neighborhood that wants to go out. Getting me out of the house is the most important thing there is. And if this ridiculous gambling thing is what gets me out of the house, then... So be it. So be it. I mean, I know it's... I don't gamble that much. I gamble with the money I have. I put a... The same bed every week, but it's getting me out of the house, and it's important for me, which is why my job is important. Because even if I win the lottery, I think I'd still have to stay at my job. I can't, if I don't have a place to go, I won't leave, and that's when the depression and all that other stuff and the thoughts come in. And but I think what I really want to, I really do want to start soul cycling again or some yeah, sort of I exercise. We're
2: exercise together.
1: Yeah, I would really like to do that. Well, you know, you're busy during the summer. And st- well, so am I. I've been going. I've been taking advantage of the summer. So. Yeah,
2: what are you going to do for Labor Day?
1: Well, I never do anything during those holidays. <laughs> Nobody's ever around. And I hate to go to my friend's beach house when it's Labor Day because I think he has people. Like Memorial Day Labor Day, I usually leave him alone. But i got a couple more weeks at the beach, which would be great. And I'm really into the summer. And my birthday show, hopefully, as you hear this, it was Wonderful. And I will explain it all to you as Clarissa explains it all. That was a great show. It was it's an amazing favorite. show. Mine, too. I got an autograph from Melissa Joan Hart, even though I was ah. 40. Uh, she oh thought it was God. creepy then. <laughs> I've always been creepy. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's why I was... Of that, course what, you did. That's why I got a black cat. Oh, my God. Because then she was in Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I followed her career in, implicitly. Oh, my God. Um, you got to have her on. Let's book oh, her. my God. I would love to have her on. Um, yeah, I mean, she's she's... An interesting gal. I also, also, my first article in Maxim Magazine was her on the cover. So, uh, you know, we share a bond. You
2: guys have something in common. <laughs>
1: Very sexy photo, too. Okay, let's get her.
2: Let's try and book her.
1: So, anyway, uh, who's the other person? Oh, Cheap Trick. <laughs> if we can do that, that would be unbelievable. But anyway, folks, next week I'll tell you all about the birthday show and and uh, the other hijinks and, and things that happen in the secret world of Dave Juskow. On the Nightfly podcast that you love to listen to. Jessica, you've been a wonderful guest. Thank you so much. Thank you so much
2: for having me. Have a safe
1: and lovely trip to Los Angeles. Love you very much. And we'll see you next time on the Nightfly, everybody. Good night.